0: chapter 19 of meg of mystery mountain this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org meg of mystery mountain by grace may north chapter 19 a new cook such a pleasant half hour was spent by these two who seemed content just to be together jane with a twinge of regret realized that the youth was idolizing her he constantly attributed to her qualities that she knew well she did not possess he told her he could understand why she had not learned to cook simply because for years she had been at a fashionable seminary but now is your golden opportunity and i am indeed lucky to be your first teacher "'That, he was pleased, was quite evident. "'I am sure you will agree with me, Miss Abbott, "'that cooking is as essential in a young woman's education "'as is painting or singing.' "'Then he laughed boyishly. "'I am afraid when I am hungry "'that I would far rather have a beautiful girl cook for me "'than sing to me. "'Now, what is the menu to be?' "'Jane looked about the kitchen helplessly. "'She did not wish to confess to Jean Sawyer "'that she had not before been in there "'except to pass through it to the outdoor dining-room.' "'Julie and Dan were planning the meal. I really don't know.' The situation was relieved by Jean's asking, "'May I prepare anything I can find?' "'Oh, yes, please do. It really doesn't matter which of our supplies are used first. The girl was glad to have the problem thus easily solved. After a few moments of ransacking, the lad looked up from a box as he asked, "'Miss Jane, will you pare the potatoes?' She shrank away before she realized what she was doing. "'Oh, wouldn't they stain my hands terribly?' Then, with her most winning smile, she held them both out to him. You see, they haven't a stain on them yet, and I did hope they never would have. The boy made a move as though to take hands in his, but he stooped quickly over the box of potatoes and said earnestly, Right you are, Miss Abbott. They are far too lovely to mar. Perhaps because of his associated ideas, it was that he recalled a poem that went somewhat in this way. Beautiful hands are those to do work that is useful, kind, and true. What he said was— suppose you can set the table i'll make the fire and have a pot of goulash in no time that is my favorite camp menu perhaps because it is the simplest everything was in readiness when merry voices were heard without and julie evidently believing that they were unheard said in a stage whisper don't tell jane we've been up to see meg heger's hospital will you dan she'll be as mad as anything the older lad was opening the kitchen door at that moment and the two Who had been keeping so still in the kitchen that the surprise might be complete could not but hear vaguely jean sawyer wondered why jane would be mad because the rest of her family had been to call on a neighbor glancing at her proud beautiful face he saw a scornful curl to the mouth which he had thought so lovely and it was not pleasant to behold but a moment later he had forgotten it in the excitement that followed his discovery dan advanced with glowing eyes and outstretched hand "'Jean Sawyer, how glad we are to have you with us. These are the youngsters, Julie and Gerald.' The little girl made a pretty curtsy, and Jerry thrust out a chubby, freckled hand, smiling his widest, as he looked admiringly at the cowboy's costume. "'Gee,' he confided, "'I'd like awful well to have one of those rigs. Dan, don't you suppose they can make em small enough for boys?' but it was jean who answered they do indeed and what's more there is one over at the packard ranch more typical than mine which i am pretty sure will fit you a grandson of mr packard's was with us last summer but he wasn't coming this year and he'll be glad to have you wear it then smiling at the older girl he said to dan your sister miss jane has agreed to bring you all over to our place to spend next saturday that is a week from today julie upon hearing this was about to blurt out her disappointment by saying how can she if she's going back east on Tuesday but a cold glance from her sister's eyes made the small girl turn away with quivering lips after all jane was going to stay and their summer would be spoilt jean sawyer had also witnessed this by-play and he felt a great sense of disappointment it was quite evident that jane abbott's beauty was only skin deep when jean sawyer took his departure that afternoon dan accompanied him part way cross lots as the farmer lad had called it They crossed the brook, and after climbing many a jagged boulder, began the descent on the side of the mountain nearest the wide valley, in which was located the fertile Packard Ranch. These two lads, so near of an age, found that they were most congenial. When Dan confessed that his dearest desire was to become a writer of purpose fiction, Jean heartily applauded. Great! I'd give anything if I had the ability to do something fine for this old world of ours, but— just at present, I believe I will continue being Mr. Packard's foreman. Really, Dan, reading and studying with that man is as good as having a postgraduate course at college. Then, apropos of nothing, or so it seemed, Jean said, What a beautiful girl your sister is! What a pity that she has not had the love and direction of a mother. I had such a wonderful mother myself, Dan. I well know what boys and girls have missed when they have lost their mothers while they were very young. Dan grew serious at once. Then he confessed. "'Jean, I feel as though I had known you a long time, and so I'm going to tell you my greatest problem. My sister Jane is beautiful, and before she went away to that fashionable High Acre Seminary, she was as sweet and lovable a girl as any you could find. But for some reason she learnt there was much that was not in the curriculum—pride of family, snobbiness, and become of our father's composition.' Many of her companions were so differential to her that she has come to expect it from everyone. How I wish I knew how to save Jane from herself! It was just as Jean had feared. He surprised himself by saying, "'If she would chum with Meg Hager a while, I believe it would help her to overcome these artificially acquired qualities, for Meg is sincerely natural. But your sister would have to make the advances. Meg never will.' She keeps apart by herself and will probably continue to do so until it is proven that she is not that ute indian's daughter. I know that you have met Meg, for I overheard your little sister saying that you had been there this morning. Yes, we were. The children pleaded so hard that I go and see their baby lions. Then he told the story of the death of the mother lion to an interested listener. I wondered why Meg Hager disappeared directly after having saved my life, nor would she come to her home while she knew I was there it is too bad that she shuts herself away from people who would gladly be her friends Jean nodded that's what she does best last year as i was telling gerald mr packard's daughter mrs delbert and her young son were with us when mrs delbert heard the story of meg's devotion to her foster parents and how she is trying to become a teacher that she might make life easier and pleasanter for them she at once wished to make meg's acquaintance We hiked up to the Hager cabin one Saturday morning, and although Meg willingly showed Mrs. Delbert her botany gardens and her hurt animal hospital, she was so reserved and shut away from us that we realized at once that she did not wish our friendship. Mrs. Delbert invited Meg to spend a day with her at the ranch, but the girl never came, nor have I seen her since. The other lad understood. With me she is also distant and reserved, he said, but when she talks to Julie and Gerald she is very different then returning to a remark made earlier he concluded my sister jane would be greatly helped if she could learn how much more naturalness is admired than cultivated pose but she will never learn from meg hager whom she considers greatly beneath her then stopping he held out his hand jean he said seriously i hope i have not given you a wrong opinion of my beautiful sister I honestly believe that the girl she used to be still lives beneath all its artificial veneer that she has acquired at the fashionable seminary, and my most earnest wish is to find a way by which that other girl, who was my dearly loved sister-pal, can be returned to me. I would not have spoken of this were it not that I am greatly troubled for Jane's sake as my own. I'm glad you told me, Dan. I, too, have faith in her. Good-bye until next Sunday dan walked slowly back to the cabin pleased indeed with his new friend dan found his sister jane alone with her book on the front porch of their cabin she looked up with a smile of welcome i was agreeably surprised in our guest she began at once and so before you tease me for having described him as a raw-boned illiterate i will make the confession that i never met a better-looking or nicely mannered youth Tut tut, her brother sinking into the doorstep where earlier in the day jean had sat merrily shook a finger at his sister that is extreme praise and i may take offence since i consider myself good-looking and nice-mannered the girl laughed happily her brother reflected that not in many a day had he seen her brow unclouded with frown or fretfulness suddenly he said jane have you changed your mind about going east next tuesday he looked up inquiringly eagerly the girl flushed, then said, with an effort and indifference, "'I thought perhaps it is hardly fair to decide that I do not like the mountain life, after having been here for such a few days. Shall you mind if I postpone my departure until a week from Tuesday?' The lad caught the hand that hung near him, and pressed it with sudden warmth to his cheek. "'Jane,' he said, "'I'm desperately lonesome for the comrade that my sister used to be. Won't you give up all thought of going away, and try once again to be that other girl?' Jane looked puzzled, then she drew her hand away, saying coldly, "You are evidently not satisfied with me. I suppose you also admire a girl who prefers to pare potatoes and stain her hands than you do with one who keeps herself attractive." Dan was astonished at the outburst, but wisely made no comment, though his thoughts were busy. Evidently, Jean Sawyer had told his sister that he admired a girl who could be useful as well as ornamental. What would the result be? He wondered. But on the following day, Jane permitted the other three to do all of the work in the cabin while she idled the hours away at letter writing to her many girl friends in the East, finished her book, and started a bit of lace making which had been the popular pastime at the seminary. At nine o'clock on Monday, the stage drew up in front of their stone stairway, and the discordant sound from a horn seemed to be calling them. And so Gerald hopped down to receive from Mr. Sourface Wallace a packet of newspapers and letters oh thanks a lot mr wallace the boy shouted knowing that the stage driver was deaf and then up the stairway he scrambled to distribute the mail there was a letter for each of the abbots from their father and a tiny note enclosed from their grandmother with good advice for each not excluding jane whose lips took their favorite scornful curve when it was read but a glance at the other two letters sent her to her own room where she could read them undisturbed one was from Mary star and instead of containing enthusiastic descriptions of the gay life in newport which was her good fortune to be living the epistle was crammed full of longing to see the wonderful west tastes are surely different jane thought as she opened the second epistle which was from esther ballard in it she read a news item which pleased her exceedingly jane old dear was the very informal beginning put on your remembering cap and you will recall that you told me if ever i could find another string of one of those semi-precious cardinal gems that you admired greatly to buy them at once notify you when you would send me the money well the deed is done i have found the necklace and honestly jane it holds all the glory of the sunset and sunrise melted into one they will set off your dark beauty to perfection but i'll have to confess that i haven't a penny always broke as you know and so on so if you want them you'll have to mail me twenty-five perfectly good dollars by return post yours in great haste e b jane sat looking thoughtfully out of the window in about two weeks she would have a birthday and on that occasion her aunt after whom she was named always sent her the amount needed for the gems but in a postscript esther had said that she had asked to have the chain held one week feeling sure that by this time jane would have sent the money Taking from her purse two bills, she put them in an envelope, addressed it to Esther, added a hurried little letter, stamped it, and was just wondering how she would get it to the post when she saw Meg Hager coming down the road on her pony. Although she herself would not ask a favor of the mountain girl, she called Julie and requested that she hail Meg and ask her to mail the letter. Not until it was done did Jane face her conscience. Had she any right to use the tax money for a necklace? She shrugged her shoulders, "What would two weeks more or less matter?" End of chapter Nineteen.